What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. My name is Nick James. Thanks so much for coming to hang out. If it's your first time, let me just get you up to speed so everybody can be on the same page for the rest of the episode. Buds, Bros, and Superheroes is not only the name of the show, it's the sections in which we will talk about today. So in the Buds section, I've got a traveler of the green extraordinaire joining me today. We are both fine travelers of that, so if you yourself like Buds, we're going to have a really long conversation today. A lot of fun stuff knowledge science facts around this area coming around it's going to be very very awesome i'm telling you in the bros section we're going to be geeking out talking about you know growing up nerdy is one of my favorite things to talk about when i have a new guest on the influences in that nerd kingdom and different things that we like to do and then in the superheroes section we're going to talk about teen titans the teen titans from my childhood the original teen titans not the teen titans go not young justice not titans there's a lot of titans going around i just want to make sure that i Everybody knows what page we're on. Like I said, my name is Nick James, and today my guest is actually a big fan of the show, which is awesome. I don't think, other than my mom, I think you're like the biggest fan. So I got to say thanks so much. It's awesome that you were able to make it on. Uh, please, everybody, say hello to Danny G. Danny G, please say hello to everyone. My goodness, so glad to be on here today. Everyone, hello. Um, so glad to be able to talk to you. Big fan, so love everything you have to say. Look forward to having a conversation with you this evening, man. It's going to be a lot of fun, so everybody stay tuned to the very end, because Buds, Bros, and Superheroes is about to get started right now, the way that we always do around here, by entering into the Bud section, where my first initial question always usually is, sir, what are you smoking on right now? This evening, I have my hands on something I actually don't have at the dispensary I work at. It's... Prime Wellness, uh, African Thai number 15, you know, from Prime, it's a sativa, real heavy, 30% THCA on this one, clocking in, uh, real heavy on that, Mercy, we'll get into that a little bit later, Karyophyllene, again, we'll talk about that, and some limonene, uh, all three of those, even though it's a sativa, call for a really chilly evening, man. It's unbelievable what cannabis can do for you. All listeners just got a little drop of how fucking deep we're going to go into some cannabis science today because I didn't really understand a lot of that, but I want to understand more, man. So you already kind of broke the ice and what I also wanted to bring up and you being a bud tender. This is medicine in which you dispense to patients all day, every day when you work. And I really wanted to talk about that. So let's get right into that, actually. Uh, can we talk about where you are a dispenser, dispenser, dispensary? what's your actual title now my bud tender title would be a dispensary associate um i'll tell you i'm located right in scranton uh won't tell you exactly where but yeah i'm located in scranton i am a dispensary associate uh and i absolutely love doing what i do that's great man how long have you been doing this now so I'm coming up on a year now as my full time as a bud tender, but I have been posting on Instagram well over a year now. Again, loving what I do. I absolutely love cannabis. So again, looking forward to talking about a lot today. Well, let's just deep dive right into it now. I got you here. I want to talk about all the things that you just kind of went through right now when you were talking about your cannabis and all the different things that it does and anybody out there. So let's just say I am your patient for today. You know, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to say, hey, you know, I need some new cannabis. How would you go about what we're going to do right now? So what we do is as a dispensary associate, we are not a truly medical professional. So all we do is to tell you what the product is known to do. Um, we don't tell you exactly what will make you feel what type of way. 
Uh, we just give you a general outlay. So the more that bud tender partakes in and samples, the better that bud tender will be. So honestly, we t- tee off on what your ailments are, uh, what what you're looking to feel better on, because um, everyone's coming in to look feel to feel better because this is a medical program in the state of Pennsylvania. We have a lot of folks coming in for different things. There's, I believe, 17 to 18 different approved conditions throughout the state right now, but there are other conditions that patients definitely come in for. And yeah, that's that's honestly it. We start where you want. We start where the patient wants to start. If they want to start low, we'll start low. If we, the patient knows they have experience and they want to dive further into it, thankfully, the place that I'm working at has a person like me, so I could you know, really tee off on each product and what they do for the patient. All right, great. So let's kind of take the scenario in which you brought up of wanting a chill night. What would I look for? What would you recommend? Kind of go through that again with like what's in what and what does what do? Perfect. So jumping into a a relaxing evening, someone that has high amounts of stress after a long day, that is a very common thing that we see at the dispensary. We see a lot of people that are super stressed. Anxiety is probably one of the number one ailments that anybody could come in and suffer from. Also one of the easiest ones to get certified from through the state right now. So as a person coming in with high anxiety, high stress, generally as a new beginner, you would recommend something along the lines of a CBD and THC combo. You're looking for something with both of those cannabinoids, cannabinoids being, you know, the structure of the molecule of cannabis what it has, the Delta 9, the Delta 8, the CBD, the CBG. These are all different ones that'll really take over what you feel, as well as the combination of terpenes. The terpenes is the key to what you want for your feelings. So for an evening use, you're looking more into the heavier myrcene, something sedative. You're looking into the karyophyllene to top that off. It gives it the entourage effect. Entourage being, it really stimulates it, pushes it further. And then on top of that, you're going to want linalool. Linalool being more of that relaxing, really deep relaxing one. Lots of like more so lavender produces a lot of this linalool because terpenes are found in everything, in everything from the flowers we smell out outside to the oranges that we caught up for breakfast. That's one of the coolest things about terpenes is that we see them every day, but we don't see them every day. That's, you know, those three terpenes in in particular, there are numerous amounts of them, but those three in particular, if you were looking for a chill evening to really relax and get that nice relaxing sedative feel, oh yeah, linalool, karyophyllene, myrcene, would be the three that I would tee off on. Oh man, dude, you just dropped fucking science. Oh my God, I'm so happy having this conversation. Just so much to learn. That's one of the greatest things too that you brought up is we see these different things in different plants all the time. And that's because they are in everything. We're not doing anything in terms of building new. This is a plant that grows and we've done it just like all other plants grow and cultivated. You know, we have the nicest looking tulips for a reason. We have the nicest looking bud now for a reason. It's because we grew it. It's because we made it that way to look that way, to do exactly what we want. And that's amazing that someone like you can then tell someone like me who doesn't know all the science, like, all right, this is what I'm looking for. Boom. And you just dropped a fucking ton, like almost an encyclopedia's worth of knowledge on all of us. Dude, thank you so much for coming and dropping that. Uh, To kind of then pivot 
if I wanted the opposite side effect, what would be the lookings? You know what I'm trying to say. Perfect. So for a daytime user, someone that was looking for that uplift cuppy, cup of coffee feel, someone that was looking to get jolted, you know, feel like an energy drink just coursing through their veins. It, there are cannabis that will do that to you. There are specific types of cannabis that will definitely do that to you. Ones in particular would be ones that carry these three types of terpenes. So these three terpenes being terpenaline, terpenaline being that floral citrus like smell after absolutely sharp then you'd be looking into more of a limonene limonene across like those two i'm sorry limonene is one thing so limonene being more of that happy feel that happy uplift and then pinene which offers the focus that you're looking for so those three in particular terpenaline pinene and even you know like i said limonene those three will really give you that happy uplift with the focus that you're looking for um people that look for that often are people that are you know have been through serious like internal you know internal pain and external pain not always people that have anxiety and depression because honestly that'll take you and like shake you it'll take you and like it'll it'll make you really anxious for some people taking uh high amounts of terpenaline and mixing it in with with flour really can can give someone more of uh, that anxious feeling than a happy uplift. So when you get into those more energizing ones, you have to be careful with the patient. You have to like really take your time and understand what they're trying to treat. But yeah, you could really get that feel of a cup of coffee out of um, a nice dose of cannabis or two. That's yeah, I, I like that type of cannabis. I like both. You know, I would like, you know, I feel like I use it the same as many people. If you do one in the morning, one at night and switch throughout the day. But I do like that. I think if you you know that I like to call it nail driving, that just kind of like, all right, I'm going to get up and I'm going to fucking edit a podcast right now. And then I'm going to make the video and post and just boom, 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 and just going through it. So those are definitely my types of things of. And then, too, not only is, <laughs> is it like a cup of coffee, but I drink it with coffee. I, I wouldn't say I eat or do anything else other than coffee and weave for the first six, seven hours of my day. And then I'm like, all right, fuck, it's time to finally eat. But I don't I, I don't remember the last time I got anxious like that. But I do remember one time when I was a kid, a kid, because as a 30 year old, anything below 20 to me as a kid now, I'm sorry, just we were smoking and I just got so anxious. I was like, they're outside and they're like, who? And I was like, the men, the men are outside. We, we shouldn't go outside. The men are there. And that hasn't happened in a while. I don't even remember why I went on this weird little rabbit hole. I'm sorry. But usually you would think that for my anxiety, <laughs> smoke and stuff like that would make me less or uh, I would be less prone to smoke stuff like that because it would boost my anxiety. But not since I was a kid. Now I just call it nail driving. Now I'm just like, you got to go. Now, here is something to tell you, though, with our patients, we have a select number of patients that come in that definitely have ADD, ADHD, and they love this feel like it's almost like Adderall to them. Like they absolutely love this feel. It lets them focus. It lets them get done doing what they need to do throughout the day without the harmful effects on their, their internal organs, you know? So, I mean, it's pretty cool to see that. Um, me personally, I would say, I mean, I sample it for my page, but it's not something I go to always because it does give me those like heart flutters where I'm just like, ah, and then I'm sweating and I'm like, oh no, you know, I'm not always about it. So like in moderation, Yes, that, those sativas with those jolt of energy, like when you really need it for me. Yeah, but oh man, I'm an indica, I'm an indica person. 
anybody who's been listening can definitely tell that you know what the fuck you're talking about. You've mentioned your page already. Go ahead and plug that a little bit. Anybody who wants to follow you more and tell everybody how long you've been doing it, you know, almost a little biography of your page, please. So right now I have I have an Instagram page that I run. I am Northeast PA underscore Canna, C-A-N-N-A. It's something that I started doing when I first became part of the program. I realized how much money I was spending right off the jump because I was a heavy, heavy consumer. I was consuming off the streets. I started heavy in college. I really, really enjoyed cannabis right off the jump. So I already knew I was going to be a heavy consumer. Um, so I just took it and really make it my, made it my hobby to post more of what P- Pennsylvania has to offer in the market. I want to see what Pennsylvania has in flower. I want to see what they have in topicals, in, in um, edibles, so RSOs and stuff like that. I want to see what they have to offer our patients. So what I do is lately of now, uh, more than later, um, I have been posting a lot of flour um, on my page and I'll, we'll dive into that a little bit sooner than later um, towards why. Um, But yeah, I've been posting a lot of flour on my page and there's a reason for that. Um, But I absolutely want the consumer to know what they're buying before they buy in the Pennsylvania market. We can't see what we buy. So we're buying blind for lack of better terms, we're literally going in there and not seeing what we're buying. And that's scary for a lot of people. We have elderly patients that come in. We have young patients that come in that are spending hundreds of dollars on this product. And I just want them to see what they're getting before they get it. I want them to get a good just on what they're getting before they purchase it. And I want them to feel comfortable with their purchase. So I give honest readings on every single product that I purchase. But like I said, more so flour than anything else lately. And there's a strong reason for it. And, you know, Pennsylvania knows what they're doing. We'll talk about the flour in a second. Before that, before I forget, though, I did want to definitely bring this up during our conversation because you are the perfect person to ask about what Pennsylvania has to offer. Why are we going in blind? I've taken trips to different states in which, you know, you got the, the magnifying glass on top. Some motherfuckers will just open that shit and be like, look inside and even fucking sniff it. I've seen other ones with smell guards. So, you know, you get a little bit more sanitary there, even pre-COVID. Why are our edibles not in food form? Why can't we do any of that? Like I've seen pretty much in different forms. And why can't I buy pre-roll cones? If you know any of that, that would all be great or go above and beyond. If you know all that shit, dude, like fucking rip it. I am so goddamn curious. Perfect. So we'll tee off on right away the pre-rolls in the state of Pennsylvania. They did not legalize combustion. They legalized flower use for vaporization only. So you are required to purchase a vaporizer while you're at the dispensary. We don't require people to purchase them, obviously, because we think they have them already. So yeah, that's one of the biggest things. You know, you're supposed to have a vaporizer to use any flower or any product in the state of Pennsylvania. There is no combustion, none of that. So that's the main reason why pre-rolls are not available right now. For the edibles, I can jump right into that. The Department of Health did not approve of edibles. They see it as a um, recreational market. They see it as a market for people to 
enjoy consumption on a recreational level as an adult, uh, not as a patient. That's the biggest reason our state is blindly, you know, going forth with what they approve and what they disapprove of. So that's one of the biggest things for the edibles. You will not see cookies, cakes, candies. You will not see jerky. You won't see sodas the same way you see in these recreational markets. You will only see RSO oils. You will only see distillate oils. You will only see capsules, tinctures, and that's it. You won't see anything else besides like capsules and and, and that's it. And for your answer of towards why we um, can't take a look at it, uh, the biggest answer for that it would be, again, the Department of Health did not like approve of the display of cannabis. That's the biggest way to tell it. Instead of just honoring the visual of the display of cannabis, they have to honor the lab results only. So what we give you is the lab results of what you get and the name of what you get. The rest of that is the, the Pennsylvania State Department of Health just saying no to the patient. They're really sticking it to us out here. <laughs> now, where do you know medically that's different compared to recreationally? Do you know of medical places that you can look at it, that you can buy pre-rolls and that you can eat cookies with it medically? Yeah, absolutely. So medically in um, a number of states that have had it for a while, Colorado, Massachusetts, um, ones newer Massachusetts, honestly, but states that have had it established for a while have it in their approved system where you're able to both see, feel, smell. It's all written in law. Honest to God, it is really what it comes down to lawmakers, what they approve and what they do not approve of for the state. And that being the biggest thing for us, combustion, you know, going back to that, you cannot smoke your product. You can vape your product, which is a big slap in the face that honestly, anybody, we understand the risks we're taking as a consumer if we are smoking it. So, I mean, there's a lot of like gray areas in the Pennsylvania state market and you can read about it you're one of the we're one of the sketchiest states with the medical program you know it's it's known that pennsylvania is not transparent with what we would do both as grower processors and as dispensaries dispensary workers the transparency isn't always there we're told one thing and we're given another that's interesting so how would we get that to change we just need more legalization and turn to recreational or even is there just a way to make it better medically do you think so there is a way to make it better medically we do need state legislature to both legalize homegrow right now on you'll see that is a push on my page i have people reaching out to me asking me if i would be willing to um, push for this homegrow you know you could take a look on it on the petition website a lot of people want homegrown the site in this state that way we can hold our grower processors more accountable to have better products for us as medical patients and as well as has more have more transparency from our uh, dispensaries because the price point is set by both i would say it, it is set by both the grower processor and the dispensary it's both it's not one or the other it's both for once i'm speechless like it's a lot of interesting stuff that i really never thought of i just kind of went there and bought it hoping that everything was kind of good in my favor and now it's sounding almost maybe not it's for the profit 
So on this, what you're telling me is like this may or may not be, and now I know people can't see because it's a podcast, but I am holding up a nice container by Cresco, who I kind of, I like them. We're going to talk about really soon the different types or what you consider the best and worst in all of Pennsylvania. But like, according to this, this may not be true or like nobody's retested it. It's just what somebody said and I take their word for it is what you're saying. The testing is done third party. From what I read on legislature and state, um, it, it is is done third party. So honestly, I do not know much about the testing. I don't know who does the testing. I don't know where it comes from. I have no idea who gets their hands on it and how much they send to be tested. Sometimes I do believe that tests are bunk. I believe the tests are 100% not always true. Actually, take that back. I believe that some of the tests are compromised. It's not every single one of them. When I feel the product, when I sample the product, I can truly feel those tests being true to it. And you'll see it in my rating. If you don't see it in my rating, then honestly, it was either not for me, and that's fine because not everything's for everybody. There's different strokes for different folks. But another one would I would be saying is that the test was compromised by whoever done it. And if you look into online, you know, both online and in text, if you see any testing that is done and if it's done wrong, it's not because the test was done wrong. It was because the test was often compromised. That means the person who done has done the test was not honest with it. And they gave them a poor, like a more than fair rating or a pair of, uh, you know, not fair rating. But in the state, I think there is a slight variance in the grower processors because someone, some of them, I will nail right off the jump, G-Leaf, you see high amounts of THC, high amounts of THC, 38, 39% off of certain strains. I call bullshit. I call 110% bullshit. If you're teeing off on something above 30%, often more so than not, you're, someone's really doing something to it. Are they dumping keef on it? Are they dumping distillate on it before they get it tested? Those are questions that we all ask. It's true. Like I ask it every day. When I get a test that comes in as a worker, if it's above 35 36%, if I know that strain, I'm questioning it. I'm questioning towards whether or not that's legitimate or not. And I know a lot of the patients do not because they're not as educated on the topic, I would say. And that's when I come in and I tell them, I, you know, I come in and I'm, I'm honest with my patient. I really want them to see the medicine as what it is. And geez, when it comes to testing, wow, I think there is a lot of holes in the system. I think there's some good tests that came out 110% of the time. Something decent will come out where, you know, if you're looking at decent mark, we'll jump into that too, where we're, we're talking about the better processors versus the worst processors, where these tests are actually good where it seems very legit. But right now, I think there's a lot of holes and I think people should be sampling the product for themselves and making judgments for themselves because at the end of the day, the, the doctors aren't there to tell you. They're not. 
they're there to give you a card. And not only that, I would then go ahead and tell people to follow you for sure if you're living in PA because you just, again, drop science of why we should really be listening. It makes so much sense if somebody is sitting there just like, oh, that's the one being tested and just keep, keep, keep. For anybody who might not be 100% inside the world, you have a grinder. It's usually three chambers and you break down the big flower to make it smaller flower to either put inside your vaporizer because you don't burn it here in Pennsylvania. But if you were to do so, you could like roll it into a blunt or put it into a bowl, I guess. I don't know, because we only vaporize it here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Just so with the three chambers, as you're crushing it, you get the smaller one. And at the bottom is like the smallest of the crystals is like the keef. And that's the strongest, right? The most THC. So what I'm trying to get at is they're basically like putting steroids on it or some shit like that. That is a great way to put it. Honest to God, it's almost like putting sterile, you know, steroids in your cattle, you know, you put steroids in your cattle, they're going to be stronger. There's going to be a higher yield. <laughs> Same thing with, with cannabis. You put something on it to make it stronger. It's going to be stronger. To kind of maybe hopefully relate it a little bit more. We were talking about coffee earlier. It's like taking your darkest beans to make sure you get the most robust where, you know, most of your shit's just light or even medium roasted. But you took the darkest percent of that batch to say this is the best. And then really, when people buy, it, you're just like, huh, this kind of this I don't get robust out of this at all. Oh, I couldn't agree anymore that that's the damn truth. <laughs> it's literally taking something and you know what you think is is true and manipulating it which is upsetting because i do often chop by i first look at thc and then i look at brand and then i look at price kind of going by that and making my selection that way of choosing and picking and going by that and now like everything fucking else i can't believe what i read i gotta go ahead and think about it a little bit more definitely go on over give you a follow and i'm gonna carry on for your recommendations from now on and that kind of segues into the final thing that we're going to talk about in this bud section i want to know what you think like let's go i don't know top seven top ten what, what do you think i don't know how many how many were prepared for just rip it dude so in the state honestly right now as of now top 10 grower processors to this date right now okay starting with i would say at the bottom 10 doesn't even belong there honestly alara alara has a tough time with holding down the transparency there is no transparency at all we don't know anything about them we don't know much about what they're doing and the grow is really, really, really big. There's no love to the plants. The second, I would say down to nine. Following that would be Terrapin. Terrapin does a good job at making sure that the patient receives their product at a low price. I absolutely love that. But again, there's absolutely no love to the plant and they rush their product often. There is a reason why you see Terrapin come in waves and there's a reason why you see terrapin come in as often as you do. Um, down to eight, I would definitely say you'd be talking more about agrikind. Agrikind being a, a grower processor right out of southeastern Pennsylvania, right down towards Philadelphia. They do a good job for the most part with getting the product taken care of. You know, shrimp's really nice. The consistency of their concentrates are great, but they often use trim when they use their concentrates. So a couple of things will knock them off for a couple notches. Down to seven being or six being, we would say um, for me anyway, probably Moxie per pen. Moxie, it's 
even though they have like such a reputable name in the both recreational market and the legal market, they seem to cut corners. I know for a fact, I've definitely heard their product being a Lara product at one point that was just trimmed. So they were grown at a different facility, then moved to said facility, then trimmed. So small things like that definitely knock a processor down a few notches in my books. Even if it's just hearsay, it's still hearsay. It's still say. So again, I'm sorry, just to make sure I understood you correctly. Again, to go back to our coffee thing, it's like taking beans from one place, bringing to another, grinding them up, putting them in your own bag and going, we made this. We made this, right. So okay. go to Pepsi. Go to Pepsi. Sometimes you see that throughout the, the um, grower processors. So down to five, I would say five right now being, I haven't even teed off on G-Leaf yet. G-Leaf, they, I would, I would give them five. They have some really cool genetics. They pump out some really big numbers though. So when you get their product, it's often hermed which means that the product was starting to transform from a female plant to a male plant, which means that stress was done. You'll see little holes on your flower, tiny little holes that look like insects were maybe in there, but definitely not, you know, what you're, lo- what you're looking at is not insects. It's just the plant transforming into one gender to another. And honestly, we don't like to see that because that means it's rushed. So them offering great genetics offering a lot to the patient and offering solventless through the state, I would say that offers, you know, them to me a five um, in the state for number four, definitely jumping off into prime wellness. I think prime wellness does a great job on their flower. Their flower is really frosty. It's true to their test. In my eyes, you get really true terps, you get really true THC. And their strains and their genetics are really cool. I think that they do a good job at putting a phenotype out there. And their phenotypes mean, you know, what the flavor is, what the what the sensation of that particular strain will be. Because some strains have different phenotypes. So phenotype being, you know, maybe a different tweak in the THC, a different tweak in the the terp structure, and you'll get a different sensation from that flower. So that's what you get in, you know, a lot of the prime wellness products. When we're jumping down into three, I would say right now three would be, I like Franklin Labs product a lot. I enjoy their flower often. I think they do a good job down there. I know if you read into their situation down there, there's some sketchy situations of what they do um, as as grower processors. You you see small small things in the news. Trust me, if you look into it, you'll you'll see small things about grower processors. And there were one of them that attended to be in there on the news for a reason. Um, I won't dive into that reason so much, but the folks can look into it. Type in Franklin Labs and look into their situation on the news. And you'll you'll see some things what have happened in the past. Three, I believe they deserve, though. There's somewhat of a transparency from them. You know, a product that has a decent website. They do not list a lot of their products. They're missing a handful of them that are coming out now, but they did offer a good amount of transparency towards what the products they did offer are. Right now, it's all flour, basically, though. They do offer a small range of cartridges. And if I'm not mistaken, they're about to be rolling out a new market of flour 
per se. So that's really cool, you know, news that I heard about. Two being right now, I would say in my eyes, two, um, I really enjoy the product from Pharmaceutical Rx. Pharmaceutical Rx does a great job at, you know, really offering transparency to the patient. They tell you what's going on. Right now, if you check out their Instagram, they're doing a good job at telling you what they're going to be doing for uh, summertime harvest. Summertime harvest is a really cool time for everybody because there's so much going on during the summer. Who doesn't want to partake in having some cannabis? So summertime harvest is everything, you know, everybody looks forward to. And they do a good job at letting me know what strains are coming out right now. I mean, one of the biggest ones I'm looking forward to is peanut butter breath. Absolutely fire strain really dank stuff. I picked up their stuff on the regular, even though their price point is ridiculous. They do offer really great genetics. And wow, I'll tell you on their first, your pickup, first time from them, your eighth lasts a long time if you're the doser the way I do. And then number one in my eyes, I just discovered this, is my tree. My tree is absolutely great. M A I. T-R-I. And the state of Pennsylvania, um, one thing I will say is the state's not good at offering everything to everybody. So there's parts of the state where you're getting different grower processors than the other. You can't get everything everywhere, which is really sad to say. So I traveled down to Wilkes-Barre for this stuff, and I live in, you know, down a little bit past Scranton. So I, it's you have to travel sometimes for your flower. 40 minutes, I would say. One way, just for anybody out there who didn't want to pull up Google Maps. Easily. So when people like us are willing to do that, you could show, you know, I mean, I, I have a dedication to the program, not so much, but the people. And just personally, I just like Wilkes down there as well. I graduated from Wilkes University, so... I just I have a lot of fun memories of just walking around downtown Wilkes-Barre and to and from the bus station and shit like that. So I would definitely head down there for not only that, but for peanut butter breath. Fuck, dude, I'd go an hour for peanut butter breath because just the name alone. I've never tried it, but I would try. I've tried strains not looking at numbers. The three that I mentioned before of like the price, the weight, blah, blah. No. If it has a good fucking name, I'll try it right off the bat because I'm stupid like that. And Peanut Butter Breath is one of those ones where I'm just like, light it up. Let's go. Well, like I said, you know, the price point's ridiculous. $75 a week. Absolutely. That's uh, crazy. I get you have to pay your employees. I get you have to pay the, you know, everybody, the growers, the whatever. But wow, $75 is steep for an eighth. So a lot of people who can't, you know, stick the money out for that. Sometimes they offer rough cut, but not often. It's $10 less. 65 is way more affordable than 75 $10 is $10. I'll say that right off the jump. $10 is $10. So yeah, I mean, in my eyes too, just because the transparency, what they offer on concentrate, cartridge, and flour is a great mix, but definitely my tree. You know, my tree's holding it down on the flour. Their flour is Absolutely outstanding. Uh, right now, I picked up Slap and Tickle from them, which is a GMO cross. I'm a huge GMO fan, garlic, mushroom, onion, and their flower is absolutely amazing. I think that they are holding it down on that level. I don't know much about them, but I know there's love in that plant. Like, I know there's love in that plant, <laughs> you know, and you know when you know. 
you pick up that flower and sometimes you're just like, wow, this is, this is treated really well. This has got the right amount of moisture. This has got a right amount of trichome coverage. This, this has got, it's just a beautiful smell to it. And when you see that and feel that like sensation, um, you really know you picked up a really good grower processor. Fucking A. What a great list, dude. I can't say thanks enough. Hopefully everybody out there either agreed or if they didn't, we've got comments down below. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those fun things. Go ahead and throw out your Instagram one more time because that's really where people, after listening to this, are going to want to go and follow. At So I would say the at would be Northeast PA Canna. I want to stick one more thing in there. With that, though, our supersized bud section for this show, it's, it was amazing. I can't thank you again for dropping so much science in this. Definitely going to have to have another one. We didn't touch on waxes or cartridges or any of that stuff. We stuck to pure flour. But, you know, like I said, we have further episodes. We have future episodes to go. Definitely going to come back for more of that in the bud section. But we can close on out of that and open up into the bros section. We've got a little bit more bullshit and hanging out to do talking about being geek, pretty much, being a nerd, nerd heroes of ours, and so on and so forth. So hopefully you kick back, enjoy into this bro section. So as a first-time guest inside this bro section, one of my favorite things to do is kind of engage your nerd, if you will. For anybody who this might be their first episode, because every episode, hopefully, is somebody's first episode, I say that with love. I am a nerd. I like being a nerd. I am passionate about this. You know, when I say that, it's also being a fan. And fan is just short for fanatic, which means, yes, I have 300 plus Funko Pops, a few Ranger helmets. Like, I'm a nerd and I say it and I love it, okay? How long would you say you've been a nerd? And, you know, to talk about some fun memories and let's bullshit a little bit growing up nerdy. Oh, oh my goodness. Growing up nerdy for me was, I'll, I'll jump right off on it. It was Star Wars, man. I really was a big Star Wars fanatic. I grew up on it from both mom and pop being such big fans, both that, and then living with a brother that was growing up early in the early 90s. I'm a 95 baby. Um, He was earlier in the 90s, you know, close enough to 90 itself. And he, I lived off of his generation, which was really cool. When you started talking about, in in one of your previous episodes, the Power Rangers, that tickled a spot for me man holy smokes because my older brother was the one that was the big fan of that so i followed in his footsteps a little bit i was big into small things like that i was also a really big early stage spider-man fan when that first came out huge time toby mcguire has a big big spot in my heart you know what i mean Small things like that. I was not particular to one thing, but slowly as time went on, I was more particular to one thing, which was Star Wars. I I always followed through with, you know, enjoying those, but also around the time there was small things that came out, like the Teen Titans, you know, cartoons that came out. I was huge fans of. And now later on in life, I feel like I'm starting to embrace my nerd side a lot more really enjoying the film um the music the art of what the industry is all about and that's what you know what it is is offering dreams to everyone that wants them to me you know to me everything being a superhero is about is offering dreams to to people that want them you know it's it's great i think i absolutely love it i think it's a neat culture 
And I really look forward to, you know, diving into it more so late, you know, later in my life. But holy smokes, early life, big fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I absolutely love them. Uh, again, Power Rangers and Star Wars big time. But, you know, never really dove into some of the older films, um, Batman, some of the older Batman films like Clooney and stuff like that until now. Some of the older ones like, you know, uh, I would jump talk about one of the oldest ones in my eyes would be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And honestly, in my eyes, for me, watching that film at a young age, um, seeing turtles with those type of powers and using, you know, karate or whatever the samurai powers were, was vintage to me. So me as a kid, I really think the thing i really teed off on and loved the most was probably the probably the ninja turtles jumping down to it yeah i love me some tmnt i like watching them i just did a little bit of a review over on another guy's channel the reasons i'm broke and we watched it and it still held up for me it does have that vintage look and even then i do remember thinking like all right those are puppets but those are damn good puppets at the very least so it was oh yeah Exactly. So I still very much enjoy that. I remember watching those movies. Anybody out there, if they want, they're finally free, at least the first one on YouTube. I was on YouTube today and I was like, holy shit, the first teenage, like, I might just watch it just to get its numbers up just so other people can go ahead and watch it. So for sure, if you want to see the original 1990 TMNT, I think it's 90. Oh, man, somebody's going to jump on me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive. (laughs) It looked, I still love it. Yeah. So you mentioned some cartoons there. Can you mention other? What were some of your favorite cartoons growing up? So right now, uh, yeah, as a kid, holy smokes, one of my favorite cartoons was I was a sap for Ed, Ed and Eddie. I was a sap for anything Cartoon Network, Toonami. You know, I love Samurai Jack. I loved uh, what the late later evening shows had to offer. And I, I just wow, thinking about it now, I mean, I was I'm such a heavy stoner that it's tough to even reflect on those old memories but yeah i really enjoyed the angry beavers from nickelodeon i absolutely love jimmy neutron getting a little bit older you know small things like that but holy smokes like the um those cartoons that were that we'll, we'll be diving into definitely stuck to me uh the story of them the narrative that's driven behind it and the illustration of it is absolutely astounding before we get into that two questions for you the first one being do you remember the jimmy timmy power hour or all four or five of them gosh holy smokes those (laughs) that was the best i love i loved when stories crossed over into one another um when cartoons decided to do that type of stuff i thought that was sick so when i saw jimmy neutron and timmy turner duking it out in the first one and then later on in the second one they're like best friends and whatever i just really thought that was a cool story so i mean in what we're talking about today teen titans even did something really the same and that holds true to any fan in the cartoon industry if you do something that well and that right if it's written well even if one side's not the best the other side is way better than the other it's so good together still you know yeah growing up and even still kind of i think that that's so comics you know before a cinematic universe 
I always thought of comic books being their own universe in terms of Batman and Superman always fucking knew each other. Whether or not Gotham City is said in a Superman book, I know it's there, period. In other universes, it's not always stated. So to have this one set up, and yes, it's through a parallel portal. It's not like Chim, what is it? Chimsdale and doesn't matter where Chimsdale they live. Chimsdale and... Like, yeah, where did Jimmy grow up? Retroville. Yeah. <laughs> Retroville. Okay. Yeah, fucking hey. It's not like we're talking about that, but just having them be in the same universe and having a crossover to me was just so comics that I agree. It didn't matter oh. that I liked one or the other so much more. The other was just like, they're both here. This is fucking amazing. And yeah, they're starting like when they do, man, they started heavy on all that throughout the MCU. I was hooked. I was all hooked. universe sharing. Yeah. Great. How do you not great. like at the uh, end of Iron Man, you have Nick Fury show up and he's like, I got to talk to you about the Avenger initiative. And automatically, like you said, I, I remember sitting in that theater and just going, Hooked, hook, line, sinker, guys. Whatever you do from now on, I will, I will enjoy it. And that's mostly true. I enjoy a lot of what they do, but not everything. Uh, take my money, take my money, take my money. <laughs> <laughs> now, my second question, and some people, we can actually talk about this when we enter the section. I'm getting a little in my head and proud of myself. Do you like anything else from the DC animated universe? I know some people don't consider this Teen Titans to be in the DCAU, you know, where Superman, the animated series, Batman, the animated series, Static Shock, blah, 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 all live. They don't consider this canon to it. But I'm just curious if you liked any DCAU outside this. That's one thing I uh, really have to jump into a little bit more. I honestly, I don't know too much besides um, I'll tell you, I was a huge fan of those Christian Bale films. Oh, my gosh, they were awesome. Um, But. Honestly, I don't know too much about the old vintage Batman series. Um, I did start watching or I watched all of Harley Quinn now on HBO. That was sick. Um, So, I mean, it does spark my interest and I will be watching it eventually. But honestly, just growing up in the time of of having Teen Titans right there on Cartoon Network in my face already and not having to look for it was made, which would made me a. heavy watcher to it well i think that we've actually kind of come up to the edge of entering the superhero section talking about teen titans the first season we were going to try to do all five and then we were like what the fuck no so for this first one we'll go back to it but teen titans season one we're going to close on out of this bro section and we can open up into the superheroes fully talking about teen titans so to start off the superhero section we are talking about teen titans the 2003 to 2006 series we are only going to limit it to season one just for now the storyline a team of five teenage superheroes save the world from many villains around their city while experiencing things normal teens face today there were a lot of writing credits there were a lot of directing credits just a lot of names to fly by in which I will actually set aside. But I do want to talk about the voice acting because the actors for Starfire, Beast Boy, Robin, Cyborg, and Raven all stayed the same with Hidden Walsh, Greg Sipes, Scott Menville, Carrie Payton, and Tara Strong. I did put on some notable mentions because I'm actually, I like voice actors and I like being a nerd about it. So some of the voices that others might recognize are D. Bradley Baker, John DiMaggio, Kevin Michael Richardson or Tom Kenny. So all of them, I know that you've heard their voices around. Probably the biggest one is John DiMaggio. Do you know Bender? Bender? Really? Bender that from Futurama. Bender? 
Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> he did this awesome doc called I Know That Voice. You gotta watch it. He's also played the Joker once in Under the Red Hood. Um, the other guy on here actually won an Oscar, or what do they do for TV? He won an Academy? I don't know. Anyway, Kevin Michael Richardson in The Batman was the joke. Like, there's a lot of weird interconnectivity, but I just wanted to shout those out. Other famous names some people might know is that Slade. The bad guy is Ron Perlman, Hellboy himself this whole time. Aqualad is Will Wheaton. Johnny Rancid is played by Henry Rollins. And eventually in this series, we do get a Kid Flash, and he's played by Michael Rosenbaum, which has two other DC connections. Michael Rosenbaum is the Flash in the Justice League animated, and he's also Lex Luthor in Smallville. Isn't that amazing? I love these little connected things. Those kind of small behinds are my favorite. It is, You're right? You're dropping on me. So we're doing the whole counter reverse the cannabis thing right now. <laughs> it is <laughs> Holy it's smokes. Fun. You're listing up some big names to me. And I was like, wow, that's unbelievable that those people were part of my life. Especially the one that I love the most is Henry Rollins. I was a big Black Flag fan growing up and I always liked them. And then when he started doing voice acting, He's so good as, do you happen to know uh, The Legend of Korra, the spinoff slash sequel to The Last Avatar, the Aang story? He plays Zaheer. He's he's the bad guy. And I'm just like, that's Henry fucking Rollins, man. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Why do you say that? That's just unbelievable. When you stick a face to the cartoon, holy smokes. It's, It's legendary. Those people are legends, you know? And bringing up to you, if you watched Harley Quinn, you knew Tara Strong because the new Harley Quinn is Tara Strong now because apparently we don't want to pay Arlene Sorkin anymore, even though she's totally alive. But that's an argument for a different day. That one's a it's a weird personal touch to me. Like she's the original and she's not dead. Why don't we keep bringing her back? Oh, because she's expensive. Who cares? Pay the woman. She's the fucking her original Harley Quinn. It's still the original. Yeah, right. There were 13 episodes in this original season we're not going to focus on every single one of them some of them are filler so we will be going through them a little bit quicker basically what i wanted to talk to you about is we're going to establish the five teens we're going to talk about the bad guy whose name i already said some fun facts about them and kind of go through the story as much as we can in the time that we have left so we do have first and foremost the boy wonder robin who in my heart has always fought for the top position of who my favorite teen titan is because beast boy Next, Garfield Logan is also really sweet. I happen to love animals, and I would love to switch into animals. I also don't mind being furry and green. You know, we established in a previous episode of being an X-Men. If I had to be beast, like look beastly in order to do backflips and be all able with my toes to grab stuff, I'd I'd work through that. Raven, I think we just have Raven. She's. I don't believe we get her full name or even her quote-unquote secret identity that they've established in comics. Starfire, same thing. And then Victor Stone, Cyborg himself. My first exposure to Cyborg, who now is a full-ledged Justice League member in the comics and the movies and all that. Who would you say your favorite is of these guys? Wow. When you tee off on that, I do absolutely love the progression that I saw of cyborg myself because i saw him between the cartoon um i saw him in dune patrol and then i even saw him in the justice league which was absolutely amazing all three of those in particular wow um but honestly my favorite would be um like you said beast boy uh i always had a fascination with the color green i always had a fascination with how he looked 
Um, I thought he was the funniest character, laughing my ass off whenever he spoke and made like made a joke here and there. I really thought it was funny that they made him vegetarian too. You know, the fact that he was a vegetarian because he could change into all these other animals was hilarious to me. So um him he considered it yeah eating. cannibalism <laughs> yeah cannibalism he wasn't going to eat anything else you know i thought that was hilarious and they you know filler episodes about that all the time oh my gosh now the other thing that i learned from the show and i would say that the show revigored most of these characters so to kind of give a backstory comic book wise is that yes they were all the sidekicks they did come together in different variations i think brave and the bold was one of the first ones but when Marv Wolfman and George Perez took over and did the new Teen Titans, for the most part, it is the ones that we're seeing here. And that kind of vamped them up. And then I would say they slid a little bit more. And I only say that because I don't remember seeing a lot of Beast Boy until after this. And now I would say he's in a lot of things. So this is a long, long way of saying this was my introduction to Beast Boy. And Beast Boy didn't talk when he was a fucking animal. And to learn that in other mediums later in life that he does is one of the top five things that bothers me the most about DC comics. It makes no sense that when I see him in other mediums, he's like a bird and he's talking or he's an octopus and he's talking. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not how that would work. Apparently it, it's one of these fun little nuggets of truth that the producer sat down and must've agreed with me on some level. And in this version, beast boy does not talk an animal version. And I love that. It bothers the piss out of me because Dogs, they can't talk for a reason. They don't, there's nothing, you know what I'm trying to say? You know, now that I'm thinking about that, you know, that I saw that when, when you, you marked that down earlier, I, I could not believe that. He, he doesn't talk when he's an animal. You know, often as a dog, you'll see him like, huh? you know, do a little sign or something like that. But he doesn't talk as an animal, which is, I mean, that's vintage right there. It's true to what it's it's supposed to be. I thought it was cool in episode eight, which was actually written by Marv Wolfman, who was the guy who I just told you did the resurgence. Like, yes, the comic book writer wrote one episode. It is the introduction to Aqualad, which I just also said was voiced by Will Wheaton. Deep Six, it's called. And I only bring it up because when Beast Boy is in animal form under the sea, Aqualad is the only person that can communicate with him because he communicates with fish naturally. And I was like, what a great touch what a great little thing that he's the only one like dude did i just say that wait how did you just say that what are we doing he's like i could talk to fish you're a fish right now and it's like that that makes so much sense what a great layer first off using will wheaton himself wow that's that's a legendary name right there but yeah holy smokes when you go off onto that those are small things that most people won't pay attention to you don't pay attention to whether or not he's speaking and the conversation you know is is there between him and an Aqualad. So, I mean, that's, that's what's so fascinating about Beast Boy to me is the fact that he can converse in other animals' languages. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And you see it right there. You're absolutely right when you talk about that point. That makes more sense to me. That, like, he could turn into a dog and then turns back to the person. He says, this is what the dog said, rather than going, uh, bark, 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 bark. And then hearing the answer and staying a dog and looking at me and going, this is what the dog just said. And, like, that new Doolittle movie where it's, like, it's a skill. And it's, like, no, no, that's not how that fucking works. There's different passageways and muscles and bones, I think. I'm not a zoologist. But anyway, 
I I really like the fact that they don't make him talk. They don't really bring that up other than in the episode I just said. Like it's great because when I watch him in other stuff, I'm just eating my own tail. I'm gonna cut off that. Sorry. To pivot back then to my other favorite character, who in my opinion, yes, it's Teen Titans, but kind of going back to our Power Ranger episode where we called it the Tommy Oliver Show, featuring the Power Rangers in this first season. It really is the Robin show and the Robinettes, the Teen Titans, if you will. He's got the most story arc to go through. He pushes the whole thing in a short sentence. Season one is Robin versus Slade. I could not agree anymore. And that was shown easily through the first episode when people were, geez, it was the funniest, one of the funniest things. And it's right off off the first episode of the season. Um, You'll tee off later on how that was aired right. It was out of out of line, you know. Right so, now, I I'm mean, gonna do that. <laughs> you know, so I couldn't I couldn't believe that the first episode. I, you know, I when they concluded it, when they were just like, let's just let's just be teens for now. Let's just just be us for now. Like you knew it was a Robin story right there. You knew. Like, you knew it was going to be him because everyone was like, what do we do now? Where do we find Slade? And he's like, nah, let's just be us for now. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're absolutely right. That whole season, they took it and ran with Robin. Later on in the series, absolutely everyone else gets a little bit more depth towards who they are as characters. But, oh, yeah, I saw Robin as that main driver throughout the whole first season for sure. And now I can go in on the fact that, yes, I pride myself on remembering really obscure things about growing up nerdy, specifically even to the fact where I was at my friend Christian's uncle's house. It was a barbecue in and around this time, maybe the month after June, July of hanging out and doing barbecue shit. And at one point he's like, dude, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay." And he's like, what's wrong? Come on. And I was like, the fucking show, there's a show coming out tonight and I wanted to watch it. He's like, that's really, that's it. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, bro, come here. And he was, he had this giant, I remember this giant cream couch that wrapped around like the back wall. And then on the other wall was a giant system. And he's like, what is it? And I was like, it's on Cartoon Network. And he figured it out. And motherfucker show, like he let me sit down. This kid who he didn't know, his like his brother's kid's best friend, his nephew's best friend. You know what I mean? So he was so cool about it. And I watched it and I have this very specific memory of it being the episode that is I now know is called Sisters. But when you look at the order in which it's played, that's the second fucking episode. So when I sat down to watch this and I watched the first episode and it was all about the hive and it was about Jinx, Gizmo and Wildebeest or whatever the fuck his last name was, like the big strong guy going and being on audition for Slade and setting up the entire season. It made sense to me like, oh, we're setting up the whole season. But at the same time, there's a piece of my brain that just hurt because I was like, I was wrong. I didn't watch the first episode there. But then to make these notes and see the fun little asterisks of this episode was previewed on Kids WB on May 3rd, 2003. It was originally aired out of order as the pilot episode. So I did. I did watch Jeez. the pilot there, but it wasn't the pilot. It's a case where number two is number one. It's it's that blew my mind. So anybody else out there, if you remember, sisters, that was the pilot, but it wasn't supposed to be the pilot. The pilot is actually called Final Exam. Isn't that fucking weird? But that makes so much sense when you tee off on it because, oh my gosh, that I was actually, you know, my, we'll, we'll talk about, geez, living through my older brother's footsteps again. 
he was a huge, huge Teen Titan fan, massive Teen Titan fan. So when he watched it, I watched it. And I remember seeing that that first episode being about Starfire's sister, not about the hive. And um, it just jumped right into that awkward randomness that was the Teen Titans. It was ran- it was a really random show. It was a lot of random things going on. And then it concluded with a more serious ending. But talking about the first season, yeah, it's a little scattered for sure. Um, but it does give you a good base towards what their capabilities are and who most of them are, not all of them. You know, it does go into a little bit of that um, depth towards each character development, but not as in-depth for most um, as much as Robin. And if you do decide to go through other things of the proper quote-unquote DCAU, which is Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, you'll notice that this isn't usually put in canon because of A, it's stylistic choice. You know, it is very anime in styled, or it is very anime in style. Sorry, I don't know why that got me. And B, it is a little bit wackier. It is, like you said, a little bit more of the randomness that is bright and colorful and i just read you know kind of fixing up for this that that was a choice where the producers for once over at warner brothers this is something that in my opinion warner brothers needs to take back hard and that's say why don't you take some risks why don't you do something a little bit different with these guys you know we're going for a little bit of a different market i'm not saying make it a baby show but maybe some of the edgier stuff And it is a little bit different. And that's one of the things that makes it stand out. And that's one of the things that makes it a little bit more timeless in the fact of like, it is goofier. It doesn't go full Teen Titans Go, which for anybody who showed up for that talk, sorry, that's not going (laughs) to. But this first one, yeah, it was a little bit of a random of just like, here you go. And then I guess season one, episode one played after that. And then we get introduced to Slade. Already said, voiced by Ron Perlman. He was going to be, do you remember Inspector Gadget and how they had Claw? But all you ever really saw was like the top of this board. Apparently, he was going to be like that, and we weren't going to see much of him. But I'm really happy that they brought it in. But the other interesting tidbit that some people are sitting here going, Slade, Slade, what are we talking about? It is the first name of Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke. And they were like, yeah, we're not like, we can't put Deathstroke. Just call him Slade. I, I love that little detail. Oh, man. You know... And that's one thing I thought the whole time. I was like, oh, is that, is that, is that, is that Deathstroke? Is that Deathstroke? I was like, that's gotta be, it's gotta be him. You know, just looking at shadows, looking at small drawings of him after, um, you know, uh, honestly, I did look a little bit more into the development of Teen Titans as it rolled out. So I was curious. Um, I looked into Deathstroke a little bit and that's one character I, I was like, wow, that's got to be him. Um, but they continued to call him Slade. Yeah, just re- reconfirmed on my notes. They were like, no, nope, that's a little bit too scary. The idea of him being a mercenary was a little bit too scary. So he does kind of file into that standard bad guy of being in the shadows and not too much is said about him. You definitely don't ever see his standard eye patch, you know, assuming that he's then got a scar. Like he's very behind the scenes. But shows up perfectly throughout the episodes to lead and bait you just a little bit. You get episodes that are, in my opinion, filler, but we still have them. So like something like episode two, which is really episode one, Sisters, like we talked about, it's really only Blackfire in there doing something and it doesn't really come back later in the season. 
number three is Divide and Conquer. We get the first look at Cinderblock, who's a badass fucking villain kind of throughout. I really enjoy him. But it's more about them learning to work together. And it's the episode where they can't get there. It reminds me of the, the Super Saiyan. Do you remember? You know, do you fuck with DBZ? DBZ? Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh where they got to do the little dance. Not so much as everyone on. To become Gotenks fusion, ha! Huh? So like Cyborg and Robin kind of have a little move, and they keep fucking it up until they learn the meaning of being friends and partners, and then they do it right. So again, kind of more filler. What I wanted to stick to and really mostly talk about is the last four episodes. Really, technically number nine, and then number eleven and twelve, because we get the big Slade showdown. The first one is Masks, number nine. Not only do we get the Slade showdown, but we get this awesome counter character that Robin becomes to try to infiltrate Slade. And we get the Red X and uh, somebody who was learning about comics, coming into comics, mostly through cartoons myself, a little bit of books here and there. When that character came up, I dead ass didn't think it was fucking Robin. Spoiler alert to a show that's like coming up on 20 years old or 10 years old, whatever. Do you remember that as a kid, that reveal? (laughs) You mentioned that. When you mentioned that, I was just like, I was I was in the same shoes as you there. I was 100% convinced that that was not anybody, that it was a new character. It was someone that was adding to the drive of the story. And then the, the reveal was, it was astonishing to everybody. I think it was everybody, but that was just because I was very young at the time for me anyway, but when you're talking about it as an older person, um, not calling you older or anything, but you know what I mean? It, it's like both of us were shocked. So that's different, you know, generations per se of people being shocked. And like, that's what type of writing that Warner Brothers was doing at the time. But they definitely shied away from it, like you said, and they're definitely not the company with you know, the same people. But for what they were doing, wow. Great work, great write, writer work, great illustrations again. That was one thing I couldn't believe, though, seeing the red X. Oh, my God. He comes in and Robin totally fakes us all out. He has a little hologram that he pretends that Red X throws a net on him, and now he's trapped in a net, and it's a hologram, and Starfire stumbles upon it. The entire thing is just fucking bonkers, that even as I remembered it, watching it to catch up for this, I was like, this was great. What a great little stroke of genius did they have doing this. It follows into the next episode, where Slade has implanted little nanites into all of the titans and now he's gotta be robin has to be the apprentice and just another great thing is how that ends with robin injecting himself with the nanites to make sure that slate doesn't have the upper hand and it's just such a in my opinion a batman move where you're like oh yeah dude you could totally see that this is yeah it's robin but this is a character that i could i could tell as a giant fan like this is batman's protege that was fucking batman that was dope you know like i know you don't want to win or i know you don't want to lose and i just made this kobayashi maru you only have one choice and it's let us all go bitch and just drops the mic and that's how it ends rather yeah they kick him around a little bit but it really ends with robin being batman's protege in my opinion and just playing the move of like you didn't think i was going to call your bluff like you don't know what i like oh I love Robin, so I love Batman. I love that move of how this is how they finish off a great Slade story. 
Robin's willing to take the beating. That's known for sure. He's willing to take the beating. He's willing to lose for his team, too. And that's exactly what you said right there with those nanobites. Oh, my gosh. When you jump into that, that was a total Batman move. That is something he would do. So, yeah, dude, Robin is exactly what he should be. He is growing. like, And they made the character development of him incredibly strong throughout this series incredibly strong and there's a reason for that and that's because he's batman's protege it's it's exactly what it comes down to like he's a legend yes i love the way they treat him in this show in season two we're not going to jump there just yet just a susan of saying we get his next step we get a little bit of nightwing and for me as a kid even that was just like oh my god this is amazing because nightwing's always been my favorite character but you get that he is definitely in this universe batman's protege because this whole time while the other ones are kind of okay being kids when he gets stuck on this slave thing it's there's the mission and there's nothing else period and i love that i love that they put that in even for this quote-unquote sillier lighter kids no there is that special thing that makes batman batman and thus all of his quote-unquote kids in the bat universe the universe that it is of there's only the mission and that's it and this robin chose that but he also likes pizza sometimes and ha-has. But this show stands up to me. It's it's really solid. I loved it. I loved going back through it. I suggest if you have the HBO, you go back through it. I'm pretty sure you can find them on DVDs, if I'm not mistaken. The only thing I can say, uh, which was I thought comical throughout the whole entire development of Robin, and they carried this too with uh, Titans Girl. We won't jump into it, but how much Robin loved Starfire. I love that. That was just such a good story throughout the whole entire time as well. He is human. He's only human. So, I mean, to see his vulnerabilities as well as his his strengths was really promising to the series. Um, it made it more edgy at later parts of the series. And it's it's something that I just I really wanted to hone in on because, wow, that that was a relationship right there. It is. And they played it great for the audience. And we didn't get full affirmation of a quote unquote kiss until the end. And it was a great way to do it. I can't say enough of how it is kid friendly, but it still balances that act perfectly of like I could sit down with my current nephew who's who's just a young in himself and feel comfortable showing him, but at the same time, sit there and be entertained myself. I think it balances that even after all this time, it was a great show. Yeah. Warner brothers teed off on a great opportunity there. They were able to round everything out just to sad to see them regress to what they've been, but Holy smokes for what they have become or for what they were. They were a great company, man. Absolutely great doing doing something, you know, good for, for kids to watch. And like you said, wow, even as an adult, I could still sit there and really enjoy these these shows. Yeah, they got to give them back the control. Give the control 100%. to the people who have the ideas. Let them do what they want and shit will be good for you. Go back to those days of thinking, not the micromanaging, leaving shit on the cutting room floor. We're going to make cuts of this asshole pieces of shit. Fuck them. I'm glad that this entire thing just led to one big slam on Warner Brothers. Fuck them. Hey, Snyder Bruce needs to be a thing, man. Fucking hey. For what it is, this Teen Titans was really good. We do have, I think it went for five seasons at all, right? Five? I want to say five. five. It went for a while. Long. It was five seasons and, and probably about this. 15 to 16 episodes. So it does season, go for so. a while. Yeah. 
So hopefully we can have you back. We can talk about more Teen Titans or we could do more other things. You know, our bud section was really the meat and potatoes of this podcast. I can't say thanks enough for coming with all that fucking knowledge, dude. That was a great time. Really great talk. I absolutely love being here, man. Thanks for having me. Honestly, it was the little peace of mind that I needed throughout my day. So something like this. Hey, keep doing what you're doing, man, because you're you're making an influence on my life. And I'm sure you're making an influence on other people's lives, man. Oh, you're too fucking kind. Thank you. Thank you again for putting up. We put in a lot of time here, dude. I cannot say thank you enough for all of it. I know there's a finite amount of time for anybody. So anybody who comes and gives me some of theirs is an awesome bud, bro and superhero in my book. Dude, thank you again so much. Hit them with your Insta again, just in case anybody didn't catch the first one. Yeah, absolutely. Again, my um my Instagram is at Northeast PA underscore Canna, C-A-N-N-A. Just here to make sure the patients are here to make the best choice they can on their cannabis product without spending too much in their wallet that's all it comes down to it's an expensive program so i'm here for you folks you're an awesome guy yeah give them a follow guys while you're at it if you could do that for us as well that'd be great on any of the platforms that you're on any amount of that is great what i can ask for if you can't do any of that is maybe just word of mouth tell a friend because trust me if you know a friend who likes buds bros superheroes i have got a show for them i hope you guys had a lot of fun i know i certainly did my name has been nick james i've been joined with danny g buds bros and superheroes are out of here